You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Tonight I come to you, and I'm looking forward to the text from chapter 12, and I'll try to move it along tonight. Romans 12. Have you stood for a while? You've been sitting the entire time? You've been sitting the entire time? Could you stand together, please, just for your sake? Verse 9, let love be without dissimulation. That it's not, not with hypocrisy. Make it real. Just, just be real. Love your mom and dad. Love your brother and sister. Love your family. I buried a 29-year-old girl this week. And uh, just the hurt on all the people there. Just the hurt. You love people, you have an opportunity. We laid her to rest, Pat, right, right near where your husband's laid to rest. And, uh, or the Bowmans are, or Bowens are laid to rest, and Ron Sample is laid to rest, and so many others. Be, be real with your love. A lot of things I'm not, but when I tell you folks, every service I love you, that's a real love. I cannot imagine my life without you. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. I wanted to read more, but for the sake of time, I'll stop there. Verse 12 is our verse. Let's pray. Our Father, I love these people, and I do, and they know it. I've been so blessed today, the music, the choir, the specials, the Sunday school. That, that message is so, so helpful this morning for me, and I thank you for it. And to be with these dear folks tonight, I pray that you use this evening together. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I come to you tonight on a a subject that is totally necessary. You have to have this, this, and so do I, for our life. Your marriage will not survive without it. You have to have this word. Your life, your marriage, your home. Most, most homes don't have this word. Most marriages don't have this word. Our church needs this word tonight. Our, our nation needs the word I give you tonight. Society. And as I look at our world, I see this world is quickly evaporating. It's eroding. I think of what a dictator does. When a dictator takes over a country, and in my lifetime I've seen many men take over a country. And people have a coup and they're, they're gone. All of a sudden another dictator comes into play. A, a dictator always makes sure that this word is not there. They remove the word through their actions. And, and it's amazing how that one person can dictate and remove this word and the entire millions and millions of people will fall under the spell of this discouragement and depression. Tonight as you live your life and I live my life, I must have this word in my life. 
I don't know when, I never look. I have all the messages for 47 years in notebooks in my shelves from here that I've preached. But I, I would think that in the last two, three months, I think I've preached on this word, but I don't know. I've not preached this message. I know when we were out there at the stadium on the parking lot, one of the services that spoke to my heart so much was Acts 27. All hope was gone. When they felt like there was no hope, and I know that night, I'm not saying I'm as great a preacher as a lot of these guys on my staff, but I know the touch of God was on me that night because I was preaching to Jack Treber. I'm preaching to you on one word tonight. It's the word hope. You cannot lose hope. You cannot. A dictator will try to remove all hope. Everything's hopeless. Government, Washington, D.C. will try to remove hope. And Sacramento, remove hope. And business and all of that, you can't lose hope. I need hope in my life. What is hope? Hope is the anticipation of good in the near future. I just think things can get better. I don't, I don't buy into that. Well, the Bible says it's going to wax worse and worse. All right, let it wax worse and worse over there, but not in this city, not in this church, not in this home, not in this life. No, sir, I'm not going to live without hope. This is a man that writes from prison off of many of his epistles, and he had great hope in prison. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. There is hope. God has sent me here to tell you tonight, there's hope. I, I'm going to tell you tonight how you can, use, how you can get the ingredient and the hope back in your life. You say, why are you preaching? Preachers normally preach to themselves. You oftentimes can tell what's going on in a man's life when you hear him preach because that's what means so much to him. I do not want to live hopeless. And yet so often in these days in pastoring, it's totally different than 47 years ago. Almost every day there's some hopeless, beyond hope situation. And sometimes I know it's not right. I get up and think, Lord, could there just be a day where everything does not have to be derailed and the wheels are coming off and it's so hopeless? It, can, it, can it be a day where I don't have to hear a mother or a father cry and weep or the erring one? Could it be a day where I don't hear a wife is leaving or a husband is leaving? Could it be a day that I'm going to jail or I'm going to the court or I'm being sued, or I'm this and that? Could it be a day, could it be a day without pain and sorrow and suffering and heartache? And could it be a day where they like call and say, he's got hours to live? Could it be a day where the doctor doesn't say you have a terminal illness and hurt it again just this week? Could it, could it be a day without that? Could it be a day without the call from the man uh, that I led to Christ? And he called me a few weeks ago and said, my 20-year-old, 29-year-old daughter just suddenly perished and died. Could it be a day without all that? Could it be a day where there's no more widows and widowers and parents without children, uh, uh, children without, uh, without parents? Could it be a day, could it be that way? I am not going to live on the losing side. I refuse to. A lot of things I'm not in life, I'm not good at this and strong at that, but I'm not going to live depressed. I'm not going to live that way. I'm too close to the end of the journey. Now, I'm not saying I'm on the next load out, but I'm just saying you live a certain amount of years, and it's very obvious I've used more of my years than I still have left. 
God, I've got a long time to stay here and torment you. Trust me. The anticipation of good in the near future, when everything is, you're a hopeless person, you say, everything's impossible. It can't be done. It's negative. It's useless. We're all going to just die anyway. What kind of attitude is that? Many issues cause hopelessness. I'll name some, and you'll say, that's, that's why I'm hopeless tonight. Money, marriage, children, family, relatives, situations out of your control, politics, work, health, the impossible, fear, failures of the past, looking back at your life and said, I messed up so many times, I'm so bad, betrayal, heartbreak. I've been sent here tonight to say there is hope. So be strong. There is hope. God has sent me here to tell you there is hope. And he knows just what you're going through, what the future holds. For Jesus, there's hope in him. I'm glad I have hope. You know, I think of hope, and I'll get to my message in a moment, but I think of I have hope. I have hope. I know these pastors up. I have hope that there's going to be a spiritual revival. That's not pie in the sky. I believe it. I believe. I believe that that if God is God, and He can create and sustain the universe, and He can create life, I just and He can save souls. I believe. I believe God could send revival. If I, if I could just meet the conditions, break up that fallow ground, Jack, Hosea 10, 12. Confess your sins. Walk humbly before God. God can revive the New Testament local church. I believe that revival could come. I believe, no, wait a minute. I want to be careful I say this. I believe God wants to send revival more than the rapture. Because he's not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. I believe God, if he was one more time, sweep over this country and sweep over the Christians of the world and bring revival one last time and release us one last time. Brother, Brother Lawman, one more time, just release us to go and tell everybody, judgment's coming, Jesus is coming again, and see people saved, and then the rapture. What would be wrong with that? I think, he wants, I think God wants revival more than the rapture. I might be wrong, you great theologians, you can correct me. I believe that our churches can be filled again. And I know many preachers are listening that I've talked to this week, and I've got so many dear preachers resigning, dear friends, love them so much, resigning the ministry. Brother Treber, I really want a Golden State graduate. Had that said this week several times. I need a Golden State graduate pastor of this church. We're out of debt. We have money in the bank. We have buildings. We have property. We have have this. I need a pastor. Can you send me one? I said, no, I don't have any left right now. Can you send me, this week so many calls, can you send me a science teacher, a math teacher, a history teacher, a computer teacher, an English teacher? Can you send me? Don't have any left. You know that right now you could take a map of the United States, close your eyes, and go like this, and wherever you point, there's probably a huge need. Do you know there's 2,500 churches in North Dakota, 2,500 
that are the old national monuments, you cannot tear them down, they're white clapboard church, 2,500, 2,500. No, I'm not trying to say 25, 250, 2,500. They're, they're beautiful buildings sitting empty. You can't tear them down. One guy said, I don't like it, and I can't, I, I can refix it, fix it up, but he bought it for $250. That's one state that has 2,500 empty churches. Before COVID, we were closing 46 churches a Sunday in America. I'm certain it's a lot more than that. Now, I believe, I, I believe that we could have guys going out and men going out everywhere around the world and scattered out abroad. And, and, and I'll get calls from missionaries this week. We're having a hard time for the first time in my ministry. We always have eight, 10, 12 missionaries here for missions conference. Uh, we have two. And Brother Rick Martin, a key, Martin, keynote speaker. They're not out there. Ten years ago, the average age of a missionary was 68. Retirement age. We need some new recruit, recruits in, in, in camp this week. Stop the nonsense of, 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 of what, I want a different life. How about serving God? What a step back. Oh, no, Brother Cooper. That's a step up. Serving God with your life, it counts for eternity. Oh, I, I believe in revival, and I believe the churches can be filled, and I believe, I believe where the Isle missionaries can be sent again all over the world. And uh, last year, or two years ago, they said we're in the a mission station. We're, we're the large, second largest college in America sending missionaries. Another college beat us by one. Not even a Baptist college. I'm talking about the fact we're, we're producing them, Brother Everson, and they're going out, and all of our graduates are going to serve God. It's a wonderful thing. I believe, I, here's, I believe this. I believe that Congress could, on their knees, kneel tomorrow in prayer. Say, it can't be. we got to get rid of this one. No. God could do anything. God could have Congress once again falling on their knees and praying. The Supreme Court could open every day on their knees in prayer. That can't happen. No, yeah, when a person has no hope, it's not going to happen. Why can't it happen? I believe there can be strong homes. I believe we can be a strong, kind, courageous nation again. I had the joy last night in prayer, prayer meeting down below in this auditorium to pray with Brother Joel Metacondu right there. Brother Joel, you'll never know, as we prayed, we prayed for your children by name, and I love your kids, and you and your wife done such a good job. We love your kids. We love, we have all those prayer requests we're praying about. But he said, oh, God, and it just spoke to my heart because he acted like he believed it. Would you please send a revival that would reach the entire city of Santa Clara, California. That prayer, what might seem small to you, God has used since nine o'clock last night. I can't get it out of my mind. I, I went, brother, brother, brother Bill Lyson, I went down in my mind past Kaiser Hospital to Apple where you work that begins Cupertino. So that's the line of Santa Clara. And I went down this road, all that area, and I went down this road over here, and this I circled the city of Santa Clara in my mind. Why, 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 why could not we reach Santa Clara with the gospel? Why could not there be, and there was a traffic jam out here this morning. Why can't there be a huge traffic jam? God's able. You won't see God do anything if you're hopeless. 
Tonight I come to you, and I want you to turn to Romans 5. You're in 12 there, so let's back it up. I want you to see this verse, and I'll get to where we're going. Romans 5. And the Bible says in verse number 3, see, because hope is a growth thing. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Are you going through tribulations? That's how you're going to grow. You grow in tribulations, trials, knowing that tribulations worketh what? Patience, endurance. You stay with it. Patient experience. And experience what? We have to go through trials to get hope. Hope maketh not ashamed. I need hope. Well, how can I develop hope in my life? Turn with me to Psalm 31, please. How can I develop hope in my life? Psalm 31. In the book of Psalm, in Psalm 31, the Bible says in verse 24, Psalm 31, 24, be of good courage. Courage. He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Where's our hope? Say it together. Where's our hope? In the Lord. And tonight, as we add through tribulation, uh, patience, and to patience experience, and experience hope, where did I get this hope? Confidence, number one, in God. Confidence in God. I like this shall be embedded in your mind this week. These I, I take these these letter C's. Confidence in, in in Christ, in God. Confidence, confidence. He said, "I want you to be of good courage. You're not going to have confidence and courage unless you hope in God." Well, what was going on in this man's life? Verse seven. I will be glad and rejoice in Thy mercy, for Thou hast considered. What's the next two words? My trouble, verse 7, chapter 31, verse 7. My trouble. Thou hast known my, what's the last word? Adversity. Psalm 31, verse number 9. Have mercy upon me. I am in trouble. I'm consumed with grief. Verse 10, my life is spent with grief. My years are sighing. My strength faileth because my iniquity and my bones are consumed. Verse 12, I'm forgotten as a dead man. I'm like a, a broken vessel. It's amazing you talk about that tonight, Brother Cooper. But I've heard the slander of many, uh, uh, fear was on every side. But don't forget verse 14, I trust in thee, O Lord. And when you put your trust in God, the result is verse number 24, all that hope in the Lord. When you and I begin to have confidence in God, I was talking to your preacher friend this week, yesterday. His sweet daughter and husband, are, he's a preacher. His sweet wife died a, several years ago with cancer, the preacher. He's a great man of God. He said, Brother Jack, you pray with me. My daughter now has the same cancer my wife did. And it doesn't look very good. And she called her dad this week and said, Dad, Dad, I want you to know something. I want to be here to raise these kids. 
But I also want you to know this. You pray. And as I go through this, I'll suffer to bring all honor and glory to God. I don't know how you're going out, and I don't know how I'm going out. Life a lot of times is painful on the way out. It's not easy. I pray that when my time to go to see God, whether a car accident or a plane accident or stroke or a heart attack or whatever it might be, if I, he tarries and is coming and I die, I pray that I'm a good Christian with my last breath. Why should I care if the sun doesn't shine? Jesus is mine all the time. That's why every day I try to sing songs about who God is. I sing the mighty power of God. How great thou art. Uh, great is thy faithfulness. I sing songs about Jesus. I sing songs about the cross. I sing songs about Calvary. I sing songs about peace and mercy. Why? Because I want to be absorbed that I may know Him. So I tell you, I don't, I don't believe. I don't have any hope. Because you don't have confidence in God. Have to have confidence in God. Number one, what do I need? Confidence in God. What do I need? Number one, confidence in God. Say it together. Well, number one, what? You know, secondly, I need to have the canon of God. A canon, the Bible's called the canon. It is a, it, it, the Bible is referred to as a canon. It's the word of God, not like one you shoot. It's just called the canon. Theological classes in Bible college, you're taught about the canon. And the canon, the word of God, Psalm 119, 74, I have hope in thy word. You're not reading your Bible, you don't have hope. The Bible says in Psalm 19, 119, verse 81, I hope in thy word. In verse number 114, I hope in thy word. He says it again. I, 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 this, this book is the greatest book in all the, word of, uh, all the world. Read it. God says, I know something's going on and off. Is, is that in my mind? It's going on and off or whatever it is, it's, it's okay. God, God says, Here's what he'll, he'll bless me if I just read the Word of God. Revelation 1.3, blessed is he that readeth. If I just read this book, he's going to bless me. God says in Revelation 1.3, not only if he, I read it, he'll bless me. He, said, he, he says, if you keep my words, if I just keep the Word of God, obey the Word of God, heed the Word of God, he's going to bless me. God says he'll, in Revelation 1.3, I'll bless you if you hear the Word of God. We play, we play on KBBC, the Word of God. We just play it all the time. And they read Scripture on the, the Bible. What, and I, I, I never really liked, enjoyed anybody reading the Bible to me. I just never enjoyed it. But, but I read that verse years ago. I said, I, every time it's on, I'm going to listen to the Bible being read. God says he'll bless me. I, I'm to study the Word of God. I'm to read it, I'm to keep it, I'm to hear it read, and study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm to study the word of God. I'm to meditate upon this Bible. Thou shalt meditate day and night, then shalt thou have good success, Joshua 1.8. So I'm supposed to think about the Bible as I go on my journey through life. I'm supposed to sing about the Bible, I'm supposed to read the Bible. I, the Word of God, the canon of God, confidence in God, the canon of God. Thirdly, I want you to know, I, I, if I'm going to be a man of hope in a hopeless world, I have to have conviction. 
wishy-washy never has hope. And it can't be done. We have never had a business meeting like that, but I look back in the days in the old time churches where we used to, the, 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 the churches I served in, I wonder if we can just shut the bay off wherever that light is. I'll preach in the dark. If it's, it looks like it's bothering people, just shut it off, whatever that is, okay? And um, okay, I'll get done fast. Somebody, somebody's doing that to the lights going on and off. Is it bothering? You're always looking up here. Look up, your redemption draweth nigh. Uh, some churches, I'll tell you, they just, they have to argue to be happy. They have to have a fight. And I'm telling you, we have missed out in this church. We don't argue and fight. Let's have one next time we have a business meeting. But I, have, I, I, have, I want the conviction that I just believe that God can. The Bible says, Acts 27, 25, Paul said when they were drowning with that ship, I believe God. That's conviction. How you going under? Yeah, but I still believe God. Grab on the board because we're going down, but we're going, we're, we're going to save to the shore. Friend, I don't know. Courage, courage is built out of conviction, a firm belief that I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor principalities or either shall be able to separate me from the love of God. I, I have hope tonight because I have confidence in God. I have the canon of God, the word of God. I have conviction. I have hope because he's coming again. Number four. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing. Maybe today my Lord will come for me. Maybe today today keep, keep your eye on that eastern sky. Keep your ear toward that trumpet. Brethren, I have, would not have you be ignorant concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not as others that have no hope. He is coming again. He is coming again. This very same Jesus who is rejected of men. All right. Confidence in Christ. Confidence in the canon. Confidence in conviction. Confidence is coming. I have confidence tonight because of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And Romans 15, 3, 13 says, I have bound in hope through the Holy Spirit. I want to walk with the Spirit of God this week. I want to talk to the Spirit of God this week. I want to obey every prompting of the Spirit of God this week. I was in the house and I, I called uh, for that guy to come and get in the car today. And I had already changed my clothes. I was sitting down and I'm going to study the scriptures for tonight. And, and I, I, uh, I knew he was coming. I said, okay, I've got to get my tracks ready. Why? Because I'm a good Christian? No, because the Spirit of God told me to get some ready. And when I was able to tell that man that my mother... She's with the Lord now, I said. She's passed away. But my mother led your aunt to Christ. I, I, I remember when my mother led your aunt to Christ. Now, how, how to, out of 7 billion plus people in the world, how does God do that? Uh, hey, fella, you need to come to church. 
North Valley, you, you know Bill Langston? He was my best friend. Oh, he still is from third. I know right where he lives. I know you name your brothers. Now, how does that happen? That's God, the Holy Spirit. I just love talking to those two men at the Walmart market the other day. I just loved it. I, I told you that I heard, I heard them. He said, he, he was, he, he was making fun. But I'm not going to listen to her. She's standing right there. Are you kidding me? I'm not listening to my wife. No, I'm not going to. And you could tell he was, and the other fellow, they were laughing. And I, I looked at him and said, that's a case of the stupids. And all you had to do was put a smile, and they started laughing. You know, I'm not good at talking to people, but I love it. I just like talking to people. I said, I bet you'd be a good salesman. Oh, I'd be terrible. I'd be the worst. They say, well, you talk to people. I know, because God allowed me to be a preacher. And he put that in me. He didn't put someone years ago. They said, you know, if you, if you left this church, you could be a CEO of a company. Oh, I said, I'd be the biggest flop. God didn't create me to be a CEO. I wouldn't know what to do. I, I went for years, someone said that CEO, I had no idea what a CEO is. I thought it was a candy bar or something. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> We're out of time. You know, I want to give you lastly, cleanness. That's how you produce hope. You see, we produce hope through Christ, through the canon of Scripture, through conviction, through His coming again, through the Comforter, and through cleanness, clean living. First John says that we are to purify, as every man hath this hope in him, purifieth himself, even as he is pure. When, when the, the Holy Ghost deals with my life, he's going to say, Jack, you got some dirt in there. Clean it up. And when I get cleaned up, I have hope. Sin never gives me hope. I don't think it's that difficult getting hope. But I think it's easy to lose it, isn't it? Well, Cooper, you said one time a few months ago, you can have 99 good letters, and that one will eat your lunch. I know the feeling. That just, that one will just, and it's crazy. That's pride on my part, probably. But it's easy to lose your hope. Job did. The most godly spiritual man. Moses did. He lost his hope, said, God, just kill me. Elijah, the great man of God, lost his hope. I, I just soon die. Israel lost their hope for a season, um, Jeremiah tells us. Jeremiah himself lost his hope, said, I don't, I'm not going to even preach the Bible anymore. Do you know that those sailors lost their hope? Jonah lost his hope. David, with his family, lost his hope in 2 Samuel chapter 23 because he said, this is not the way it is with my family. A leader must be just and holy and pure and godly and all these things. And his family, and it's not that way with my family. My family, a bunch of criminals. He lost his hope. And so if I'm going to have hope this week, and I'm, I want to have hope, I want to have hope that that revival can come. I want to have hope that at camp, God can get in that. I, I'm not for 
saying, okay, we had a 14-hour invitation service. I'm not for that. But I am for God working in the hearts. And some of our kids may get saved this week. And some of our kids may just surrender all to God. And some of our kids might say, I believe God wants me to serve him and get focused on this for a lifetime. My life was changed. Sophomore year of high school, 1966 at camp. Going into my junior year, God, that night in Idaho, left here from this area, went to Idaho with our church for camp for 10 days. God changed my life at camp. I've wavered since then. God changed my life my second major time as I was finishing my sophomore year at college when God gave me Jeremiah 12, 5. He changed my life. I can tell you, I believe, in, I believe that God could do a great work in the lives of our kids. I could talk to you for a long time now, but I've finished up. Let's stand together, shall we? Our heads are bowed. There's hope. You know, your marriage, you have no hope. Your, your job, you have no hope. Your health, you have no hope. Sister Maria is back there. When we had Manuel's funeral two weeks ago. When he, he passed away, he still had hope. Not that God was going to heal him. He had hope that I'm going to go to heaven. He just, he just was through that whole ordeal. So he just... Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.